Welcome to church. This week, Pastor Doug is continuing our sermon series that focuses on Alpha. In Alpha, we'll be exploring some of life and faith's biggest questions. Today's sermon will follow the question, how can I have faith? If you're new here, we'd love to get you connected with our community. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or by simply texting hello to 587-323-1199 and we'll respond right back. We're so glad you could join us today. Faith isn't a blind leap. It's a reasonable step based on good evidence. In some ways, faith is more like a journey. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to church. Morning. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful day today. The sun is shining, and the birds are singing, and the snow is melting for now. And uh, the Oilers have actually won a couple games. Um, you know, as they were on their, whatever it was, six or seven game losing streak, uh, my dear friend, who will, who will remain anonymous, but his name, remi- his name rhymes with Brian Saunders, um, actually tried to link the Oilers' losing streak, streak to the amount of prayer in my life. I'm like, the nerve of him. But we're so glad you can join us in person, uh, as well as online. And I'm so thankful for our, our amazing team that week after week makes available our live stream option. And I would bet that probably just about everybody has had that opportunity to, to watch our live stream on Sunday mornings. And um, this morning, though, I want to make a little bit of a pitch for you to join us again in person. Obviously, you guys are here in person. But if you're watching online this morning, I'm not talking about if you're sick or your kids are sick or you're, you have limited mobility or, or you have to work or you're out of town. I just mean that if you've gotten super comfortable with being at home watching us online, I want you to know that God never created us for isolation. God created us for community. He created us for fellowship. And frankly, we miss you. We need you. We need you here as part of our community, part of our family. And we value you. We value your family. We value your contribution. We love your engagement. So if you don't know how to register, no problem. That's okay. Come anyways. And if if you, do you think you'll be taking someone else's spot? No, no, we're all good. And are we at our capacity limits? No, never. On a Sunday, we're, we're not at our capacity limits. So we would love to see your smiling face, and we would love to have you uh, re-engage with us. So I'm Pastor Doug, and we're continuing our, our series in Alpha, and this morning it's called, How Can I Have Faith?, And just a quick reminder that the reason we're doing this is to model 
or to show you what it's like to possibly host an Alpha series yourselves in a small group um, or be part of it. And we're also thrilled that this morning is a family service where we have the kids with us. Kids, how many of you are here this morning joining us? Woo, look at that. Awesome. So we have... Uh, if you didn't get it, you can still run and get one. We've got a, a sheet for you. And I'm going to be going through and giving you some answers to fill in the blanks. So do your best to follow along. And at the end, we've got these little cool sticker sheets where you can make funny animals and stuff to hand out to you at the very end when you leave. So you can look forward to, to that as well. Um, and parents, just so you know, our next family service is the last Sunday in May, the fifth Sunday in May, the 29th, and we'll be having communion together with families and with our kids, so you can look forward to that as well. So let's watch this short Indiana Jones clip called Leap of Faith. Okay, so faith isn't always a blind leap or a blind step like it was here for Indiana Jones. Very often it's, it's a reasonable step based on good evidence. And in some ways, faith can be more like a journey. So we'll be taking a journey like that today to see what faith looks like. But first, let me explain a little journey of my own. So after I graduated from high school here in Edmonton, my pastor recommended that I go to a specific Bible school in Portland, Oregon, which is on the west coast, about five hours south of Vancouver. And so I saved up some money, and I, and I headed off to Bible school. And I would be arriving there near the end of August, and little did I know that something else had been happening before I even arrived there. You see, at the beginning of August, and I was going to be there at the end of August, at the beginning of August, the church, that large church there that ran the Bible school, sent out two of their elders and their families all the way from Portland to Tampa Bay, Florida, some 5,000 kilometers away, to start a, another campus or another church there. So my lovely wife-to-be, Tina, was still in high school in Portland at that time, and she was one of those families that moved to 
Tampa Bay to help start the new church. In the meantime, back here in Edmonton, the church that I had been attending, they merged with another church here in Edmonton, and my pastor became the worship leader. So a year or so later, my pastor received a call from Tampa Bay to go to that church there and become the worship pastor there. And as you may have guessed it, oh, by the way, there are literally tens of thousands of churches in the U.S. and Canada. He just happened to go to the church in Tampa Bay where Tina and her family had moved from Portland to Tampa Bay. So their family moved there, and their daughter began to tell Tina about this wonderful young man named Doug. He was, you know, smart and intelligent and handsome, and Tina was like, that's okay. I got a boyfriend. No, thank you. I'm not interested. Well, fast forward another year or so, and her dad was asked to move all the way back to Idaho to pastor a church there where the pastor had died. So in the meantime, I was entering my third year of Bible school, and Tina's sister showed up at the Bible school and started attending, and she would go back to Idaho, and she'd tell Tina about this wonderful young man who was handsome and smart and all of that named Doug. And Tina was like, yeah, no, thank you, it's okay. I have a boyfriend back in Tampa Bay. Well, her dad finally shipped her off to Bible school too, which was back in the church where they had started three and a half years earlier, and that is where she met me. And of course, she tried to resist my charms. She tried her best, and don't believe her if she tells you otherwise, but for some reason, suddenly she wasn't returning calls or sending back letters to her boyfriend in Tampa Bay. And a year and a half later, when I graduated, uh, we got married and mostly have lived happily ever after. So God knew exactly who I needed as a wife. And he literally moved people and families all across Canada and the U.S. to cause us to come together. So in many ways, the, the relationship of marriage is like becoming a Christian. It's, it's an exciting adventure. And God often moves um, circumstances and things around to cause us to be able to get to know him and who he is. And so the Apostle Paul, kids, pay attention, okay, the Apostle Paul wrote that those who become Christians become new persons. They become new persons. They're not the same anymore for the old life is gone and a new life has begun. So what makes someone a Christian? Well, some people say, well, I believe in God or I grew up in a Christian home and I went to church every day, but that doesn't necessarily make you a Christian. There are many people in the world who believe in God who wouldn't call themselves Christian. Some might say, well, a Christian is someone who's nice and they're kind and so on. Well, lots of people who don't believe in God are nice and kind and they wouldn't want to be known as Christians because they're not. So kids, kids, answer me this question. If I was born in a McDonald's, would that make me a hamburger? No, of course not. 
Of course not. Well, my daughter-in-law, Hannah, almost gave birth to my granddaughter, Harper, in the car on the way to the hospital, much to Pastor Nathan's horror. But would that have made Harper a car? What about a little car? No, of course not. So some people say, well, I'm a Christian because I was born in a Christian country. But being born in a Christian country doesn't make you a Christian any more than being born in McDonald's makes you a hamburger. So kids, a Christ follower is really a, or sorry, a Christian is really a Jesus follower or a Christ follower. Someone who follows Jesus Christ, someone who has a relationship with God through Jesus. So now that we know what a Christian is, what is faith? What is faith to me? Um, faith. Faith, I think, is a combination of confidence and peace. Yeah, faith. Um... Sorry, not <laughs> These are really good questions. Trust. Um, I'm confirmed if that helps. I am CNE Anglican, which means I go to church for my grand on Christmas and Easter. Believing without seeing. He also has faith in me that their next step after this interview will He's be free. Good, yeah. I don't think faith has to do with religion. I don't know, I don't know how to describe faith. It is believing in something that even though you haven't seen it yourself, something that gets you through the day. Okay, so some really um, interesting perspectives there on faith. Uh, it was kind of funny that the, the one girl said there that faith is believing that we're going to go get something to eat after this interview. But everyone's journey to faith is different. Some people know the exact time, the exact place they became a Christ follower, a Christian. Other people would say, you know what, I can never remember a time when I wasn't a, a Christian. Yet others would say, well, there was a time when I wasn't a Christian, and now I am a Christian, but I guess it was kind of like a journey. It was a, a journey that, that happened. But what matters most is that if it's a journey, you know that you have arrived, that you know you're a Christian now, and you can know, you can know you're a Christian now. So, what does it mean to have faith, to be a Christian? In John's gospel, it is put like this. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. John is saying there that this is the closest possible relationship you could have. It's like a parent or a child. Or in other places in the Bible, it's like having a very close friend, or it's like a husband and a wife. It's that close, intimate relationship. And if you're married, I mean, you probably know you're married. And if you're a Christian, you can know that you're a Christian. God wants you to be sure of that. First John says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. So kids, you can know, you can know that you're a Christian and know that you're in that relationship with God and you can know that you have eternal life. 
So what is faith? What is this confidence? What is this trust based on? Well, it's a step of faith based on evidence, not necessarily facts or feelings. So if you ask me to provide evidence of how I know I'm married to my wife, I could show you a document. I could show you my marriage certificate. I'd have to find it somewhere in the drawer or filing cabinet, but I could show you the marriage certificate. And beyond my obvious love for her, it proves that we are married. And if you ask me how I know I'm a Christian, I would point to a different document, the Bible, the Word of God, because our knowledge of God is based on the promises of God. So Romans 10 says, so faith comes from hearing the good news, and people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. So you may have gradually experienced this already as you've been watching our first few Alpha presentations and as you've listened to the talks and the discussions about the Bible and so on. But more and more, you're becoming convinced that maybe it's true. Maybe there's something to this. And that verse says, faith comes to us by reading and understanding and hearing what God says to us through the Bible, through the good news. So faith for us comes through reading and hearing what God says to us through the Bible, the good news. The Bible is a way that we interact with God. We'll look at that in some more detail later in this series, but you can read the Word of God, and God then begins to speak to you and communicate with you. Um, for example, one promise that Jesus gives us is in Revelation 3.20, where he says, hey, look, I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking. If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Let's see how a famous painting explains this verse. Holman Hunt, the pre-Raphaelite artist, illustrated this verse with a painting. It's called The Light of the World, and it hangs right here in St. Paul's Cathedral. Jesus, the light of the world, stands at a door which is overgrown with ivy and weeds. The door represents the door of someone's life. This person has never invited Jesus to come into his or her life. Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. He's awaiting a response. He wants to come in and be part of that person's life and eat with them. Eating together is a sign of friendship and Jesus offers that friendship to everyone who opens the door of their lives to him. Apparently someone said to Holman Hunt that he'd made a mistake. They said to him, look, you've forgotten to paint a handle on the door. No, he replied, that's deliberate. There is a handle, but it's on the inside. Wow, so there is a handle, but it's on the inside. So in other words, we are the ones that have to open the door to let Jesus into our lives. He's not going to force his way into your life. He's not going to knock down that door and come barging in. He gives you the freedom to choose to invite him into your life. But, but he does promise this. He says that if 
If anyone hears my voice and kids opens the door, okay, opens the door, I will come in. Not I might come in or maybe I'll think about it or um, you can be sure if you invite him in, he will come in and he will always be with you, even for eternity. That's his promise. That is his word. So how do I know I'm married? Because I have a document, my wedding certificate. But I could also point to an event that took place on a specific day on our wedding day. And there were also witnesses in attendance. And if you ask me how I know I'm a Christian, I could also point to an event in history, a specific day, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which also had many witnesses. And some people really struggle to understand how possibly the death of someone who lived 2,000 years ago could make a difference in their lives. Someone explains it like this using a verse from the Old Testament. It says, all of us, all of us like sheep have strayed away. And the person explaining it said this, so let this hand represent you and me, okay? And let this book, let this book represent all the things that we've done wrong. And this is a pretty big book, and so I guess I've done a lot of things wrong. But all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned away from God and his direction, and we've decided to do things our own way. And therefore, the things that we do wrong, doing life our own way, rejecting God, cuts us off from God, and it creates this barrier, this wall, this huge barrier between us and between God. Well, Jesus Christ, on the other hand, never did anything wrong. He lived a pure life, and there was always a perfect relationship between him and his Father in heaven. He's the only person who ever lived a 100% sinless life. So what the complete verse says is all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own path. Yet the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the sins of us all. So what Jesus was doing on the cross was bearing our sins. He was taking them away. And he was removing that barrier between us and between God. But some people say, hey, I don't think I could become a Christian because you know what? I got too much junk. I got too much stuff, too much baggage, too many things I'd have to deal with first. But that's not how it works. You come exactly as you are. It doesn't matter what you can do or what you can try and achieve on your own. It's about what has been done for you by Jesus Christ on the cross. You can receive total forgiveness and you receive it as a gift, a completely free gift. Romans 6 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. 
So how many of you are cynical or you have doubts when you, have the word, you hear the word free gift? Okay, so I noticed one email the, this last week that was, it was this amazing, really cool-looking keto cookbook. And it says it's completely free. All you pay is the shipping. And the shipping was like $29.99 or something absurd. Or a free security system. All you pay is $40 a month for the next 36 months or the rest of your life or something. So how free was that security system? I always think there's going to be a catch. But God, God's promise of the free gift of eternal life is like any other. It is totally free for us. And there's no catch. But there is a cost. It cost Jesus his life. And we receive his gift through repentance and faith. Well, what does repentance mean anyways? It means we're going down the road this way on our own path, dragging our cart of baggage and garbage behind us, and God says, turn around and follow me on my path and leave all of that stuff behind. And faith, of course, is putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Let's hear what actor Emerson Nowatney says about that free gift. I remember growing up in a house where I would jump on my kitchen table and I would see this white powder and I didn't understand what that was. And I remember hearing gunshots and growing up in an environment that uh, became normal to me. When I was a little boy being brought up in drug cartels and having a family that was connected to the mafia, seeing drugs everywhere around me, then losing a fiance, then ending up in federal prison. And for me, that was my bottom. That was the end of my road. I didn't know how to get out of this and I could only turn to Jesus. And here I was in the situation, but I knew that God could redeem me. And so I began to make changes in prison. The moment that I accepted Jesus, it wasn't that I changed who I was. It was that I accepted who I was and I became who He wanted me to be. And I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. And now, seeing my life being redeemed, the story of redemption, that now I have a beautiful wife, I have a son, and I get to be part of a community of faith, hope, and love. Wow, what a great story. An incredible story of the free gift of God and the story of repentance and turning completely in another direction. You know, in one sense, we all exercise faith every single moment of every single day. All of you sitting on a chair this morning and me standing on this stage, how many of you were there when they made those chairs? None of you. I wasn't here when they built this stage. But yet we trust that they're not going to give way. They're not going to collapse. Faith is trust. Kids, here's your next answer. Faith is trusting God with our lives. Faith is trusting God with our lives. 
And you can't prove mathematically or scientifically that God exists. And you can't prove mathematically or scientifically that God doesn't exist. And it doesn't matter if you believe in the existence of God or you don't believe in the existence of God. Your position requires faith. To be a Christian is to have faith in Jesus Christ, to have faith and trust in an actual person. So to summarize the evidence of my marriage, I have a document, my marriage certificate, an event in history, my wedding day, there were witnesses, and there's another piece of evidence that I can point to, and that is the actual history, my experience of being married to my wife for the last 34 years. And if you ask me how I know that I'm a Christian today, I can point to decades of experience that comes from the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ living inside of me. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus talks about being like the wind. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but you know he exists. You can't um, because you can, you can feel his impact and his power, just like the wind. You can't see it, but you feel its impact and its power. Most of us naturally fear change, and you may be thinking, if I become a Christian, what will that look like for my life? Like, man, things will be too different. But the change we're talking about is good. It's amazing. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you are better than everyone else. Definitely not. But hopefully it means that you are better now than you were before. And for me, I've always felt that there were two miracles related to Christianity. The first is when a person has lived 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 years actually doing everything on their own. And maybe they've been using alcohol or drugs or sex or eating or gambling, uh, some addiction to try and ease the pain of their brokenness. And then the Spirit of God comes in and a miraculous change, a miraculous transformation, a surrender takes place, an exchange where God replaces all of our baggage and garbage with a fresh, clean start. And the second miracle, equally as significant, is when someone grows up in a Christian home and maybe chooses to follow Christ at a young age. And they haven't experienced this dramatic transformation, but they've experienced the miraculous power of God building a solid foundation that has allowed them to stay strong and steady. And I must say, during my 12 years in construction, I would hear the name of Jesus all the time. It was usually connected to another word or two. And then suddenly my coworkers would be apologizing. And they didn't need to, but they'd be apologizing as they realized that Jesus meant something different to me than it did to them. And I began to have a, a heart of love towards these people and to see them in their hurting and lost state. 
And I actually had one friend who requested that I be on his cruise all the time so that after hours, he would have someone safe to hang out with so that he wouldn't spiral back into that horrible, dark, devastating world of crystal meth. And so maybe your testimony is like one of the two I mentioned, or maybe it's completely different. But when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, real changes take place. And we realize we are no longer on our own, but we have found our way home into the family of God. Romans 8 says, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Like I said, it's really quite incredible to see families together, sitting together, singing together, worshiping together today. It's really quite overwhelming, and it's amazing that the Bible uses the analogy of the love between a parent and a child, and yet God loves us more than any parent could ever love their child. I think it's so powerful that God loves us even more than that. And we focused on marriage this morning, and if you've had a good model of marriage um, that gives you a small insight into God's love for you, or if you've had a good model of a parent-child relationship that also gives you a similar glance into God's love. And the Bible tells us that we are the children of God, and that we're loved more than any parent loves their own children. That's how much God loves you. And he wants you to know that deep in that, your heart, you're called to be a child of God, loved by him. My wife is a hugger. Don Eisentrager is a hugger. Christine Vanderlinden is a hugger. And I think it's probably because they're all Americans and us as Canadians tend to be a little more conservative. And then there's the whole COVID thing. And, but given a green light, huggers would be glad to give you a hug. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with us. He's waiting to love us, to give us a giant hug. Kids, your last blank here. And sometimes we feel close to God, loved by God, held by God. That's the subjective experience of all of this, of God's love. God wants you to know that you are his child, that you're loved, and that you are in a relationship with him. And this morning, as, as we begin to wrap up, if you're not sure that you're a relationship, in a relationship with God, maybe you're here in person, maybe you're watching online, um, and you want to take a step, but it seems scary. It seems, seems unknown, just like the Indiana Jones clip. And you want to feel loved by God. How can you have faith this morning? It's so, so simple. It's trusting God with our life. It's trusting God with our future. And it all starts with a simple prayer. I'm going to lead us in that simple prayer with which you can echo or pray along with me. And somebody might say, well, hey, I'm not ready to do that now. And, and I'm still taking all this in. And I'm still thinking about everything that is being said. And that's okay. No pressure. 
No pressure. It's just an invitation this morning to God's free gift. So if you're ready, here's that very simple prayer that that you can repeat. And all it means is you're changing direction from your path with all your baggage and garbage, and you're turning and asking God for his help to go on his path. So uh, let's just stand, please, this morning. And uh, you can bow your heads, and while your heads are bowed and while we're praying this, our panel can go ahead and come on up. So bow your heads with me and let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you love me so much. I turn away from all my wrong choices. Please forgive me for doing things my own way. Thank you, Jesus, you died for me so I could be forgiven and have a fresh start. I now receive your forgiveness. I put my trust in you, and I ask you to come into my heart and be with me forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And maybe that's the first time you've ever texted that or prayed or talked to God, or maybe you have some more questions. Please feel free to text uh, LIFE to the number you see on the screen, and we'd be glad to talk with you or pray with you or give you some more information. Um, and you may, may be seated. So like I said, we, we're modeling what this Alpha series looks like, and part of the Alpha series is a discussion that takes place afterwards. And as this is a Family Sunday, and we're thrilled to have our, our families here together, um, I'm going to sit down, and we're going to ask them some questions and introduce them, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So Okay, so I am privileged to have Anshu this morning. I'm privileged to have his mom, Simi. Uh-oh, you guys changed places. Okay, we've got Zephy and Zoe, or Zoe and Zephy, okay, and their dad, AJ. Um, so, Anshu, how old are you, 24 or something? No, I'm eight. Eight, excellent. Zephy, Zoe? Turning 11 in four days. Turning 11 in four days, on the same day. Right. Okay, so question for you guys. If you dressed the same, exactly the same, and you weren't talking, you were just sitting there and stuff, could your mom and dad tell you apart? Yes. Yeah, okay. Grandma and grandpa? Sometimes. Sometimes, okay. What about your friends? No. No? Okay. Have you guys ever purposely pretended you were the other person to try and fool someone? Yes. Okay, well, in the movies, that usually doesn't end up so well, but okay. So um, we've got some, uh, the first thing I want you to do is just tell me something about yourself that maybe nobody knows or something interesting about yourself. So, Anshu, go ahead. I have my dad's first name as my middle name. Your dad's first name is your middle name. That's pretty cool. Same with, same with my son. That's awesome. Okay, Simi? I can speak three languages, and it's English, Punjabi, and Hindi. Excellent. Are you okay using English this morning? I am. Oh, awesome. Okay, Zoe. Jeffy. I love cats, and we have a cat named Mickey. You have a cat named Mickey. Mickey's not a mouse? No. No, he's a cat? Okay, you have a cat. Uh, we, we do dance. You love to dance, or you yeah. guys dance? Yeah, you guys were on stage here at Christmas time, weren't you? Yeah. 
You guys did an awesome job. If you guys get together, you could teach cats to dance, right? Okay, AJ? They try. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's interesting or OCD, but I have over 50 pairs of shoes, and I can't wear the same shoes two days in a row. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. That is interesting. Okay, so um, my first question is, what is a Christian? How would you explain what a Christian is? A Christian is someone who believes in Jesus, which is God's son. Someone who believes in Jesus, God's son. Excellent. To me, I believe a Christian is someone that believes that Jesus lived on this earth and died for our sins. Okay. A Christian is somebody who has faith in God and trusts in him and follows him. Great answer. Thank you. A Christian is somebody who believes in Jesus. Excellent. That's awesome. Uh, to me, a Christian is somebody who has a personal relationship with Christ. Um, talk to him, pray with him. Like for me, for example, I'll talk to God all day while I'm doing my work, while I'm doing anything. And it's just that relationship with Excellent. Jesus. Yeah. Excellent. So it's like a friendship. It's like a relationship from what you guys are saying. That's great. So what does the word faith mean to you? The word faith means to me like you trust in someone or something. Trusting in someone something, that's so good. I agree with Anshu. I believe um, that having faith in someone or something, and for us, that's Christ. Excellent. Okay. Um, faith is trusting in something, even though like you may not be able to see it. Trusting something, even though you can't see it. That is very good. Faith is strongly um, trusting something. Strongly someone. trusting something or someone. That's good. Now, faith, to me, I think is important to distinguish between belief and faith. Um, yep. I believe in J James. It says that even the demons believe. Mm -hmm. But faith is, is more than just believing in God. It's, it's more of a confidence in our hope and uh, what we hope for. And then assurance that God is actually moving in our life. Um, not only you believe, but you have that kind of Okay, faith, cool. Right? So you used two words there, confidence and assurance. That, that's really cool. So that's awesome. Okay, our final question is, how can we make our faith stronger? We can make our faith stronger by going to church or reading the Bible. Going to church where we meet other people, that's great, and reading the Bible, that's awesome. I agree with Anshu, and also for me to make my faith stronger, and what has happened in the past three years since I became a part of this church is going through very, very difficult times. Mm. Uh, coming out of a toxic relationship, losing job after job, not knowing if I can pay rent the next month, not knowing if we're gonna have enough food to eat, so having faith in my God has been a challenge, but he has persevered every single day. Wow. That's incredible. Hey, things, it doesn't mean everything is sunny and, and rosy. It means that even when things are difficult, we still trust God. That's awesome. Ladies? We can grow our faith by talking to God and make sure to be thankful and take time to be grateful. Excellent. Grateful. That's I agree with everything that they said, like reading the, reading the Bible and praying and stuff. Good. 
Yeah, definitely spending time in the Word. Um, mm -hmm. What I'll do sometimes, I'll leave my Bible on the floor. And then when I get up in the morning, I actually physically put my feet on. So it's like remembering to stand on the Word and, and mm -hmm. go about your day with the Word, right? Good. Yeah. While you wear a different pair of shoes. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, let's give our panel a hand. They did a great job this morning. And... Um, yeah, we're just going to close in prayer. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for us hearing about what it means to have faith, trusting a person who is Jesus, and also knowing that, God, you loved us so much that you don't care what we've done wrong or how we've messed up. You said, here's my free gift of me coming into your life, me coming into your world, and being part of it so you're not doing things on your own. And that you can have a fresh start, a clean start today, because I'll, I'll be with you and I'll help you walk each and every day. Just like we heard today that it was mentioned from our panel that reading the Bible, reading God's Word, and talking to God and trusting God every day, even though life is often difficult, still trusting God and God helping us through all of it. So we pray a blessing on each person here this morning our Calvary Community Church members, all our guests that are here with us today, everyone watching online, God, that they would feel your presence, that they would feel your uh, hand on them this week. Protect everyone as they leave today, and may we have an amazing week this week, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. You're dismissed. Thanks for joining us. If you need anything, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website or on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We'll see you again soon.